This is the Statman Sports Podcast, where we keep topics in context. This is your host, Steve Duffus, who is still wondering why the Seahawks didn't run the ball. Ah, it's a beautiful day to talk sports, baby. Welcome to episode number 98 of the Statman Sports Podcast. This is your host, Steve Duffus. I told you so. I told you guys so, but nobody wanted to listen to me. Oh, Steve was talking crazy. But we'll get into that later on in the episode. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this podcast is all about keeping statistics in context so you can understand what happened in the sports world during the past week. For those of you who've been there since day one, thank you so much for showing that support. You guys are wondering what we're going to talk about today, what I was talking about, what I was telling you so. Well, we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers and why they proved that this podcast exists. We're also going to talk about Kyrie Irving's and his shenanigans. And of course, we're going to dive into the upcoming divisional games and the NBA COVID protocols. What the heck is going on with all these cancellations of these games? We're going to get into all that. I hope you guys enjoyed it. So let's just get right into it with what are you talking about, bro? Huh? What are you talking about, man? Woo! What? <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? When I was younger, my parents taught me not to throw things back in people's face. But today I'm going to make an exception. Because I told you so. I told you the Pittsburgh Steelers might lose this game against the Cleveland Browns. All over social media, in last week's podcast predictions, if you haven't listened to it, you can go back and look, listen to it and look for it. I told you the Pittsburgh Steelers were trending down, and the one thing you don't want to do in the NFL is trend down going into the playoffs. We all remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers started the season 11-0, and everyone was on the bandwagon. Everyone thought, man, the Pittsburgh Steelers are prime and ready to make a deep playoff run. Then, the last six weeks of the season, we started to realize that was a farce. That was not going to happen. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they were the most flawed 11-0 team ever. Five weeks ago, as of five weeks ago, they were only averaging 85 yards rushing per game. In the Super Bowl era, no team that has averaged less than 100 yards per game going 11-0 in a season, has ever won the Super Bowl. But yet, everyone was on a bandwagon. Nah, it's Mike Tomlin. Nah, it's that vaunted defense. Nah, it's Ben Roethlisberger. But I told you so. I told you this was going to happen. You guys want to know? The Pittsburgh Steelers? That's the worst record they had in NFL history going 11-0 and ending the season 1-5. That's the worst ever in NFL history to end the season. 1-5 after starting 11-0. But no, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. No, it's the terrible towels. The Cleveland Browns went in there. I had my doubts about Baker Mayfield. I had my doubts too. And I'm sure some of you who are listening had your doubts too. But Baker Mayfield went in there behind the great running game, the vaunted running game of the Cleveland Browns. Nick Chubb had 145 yards rushing for two touchdowns. Baker Mayfield had 263 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. 
the Cleveland Browns played a perfect game. And you can blame the Pittsburgh Steelers and one player in particular for that. Juju Smith, he talked about the Browns just being the Browns. And admittingly so. I know a lot of you are thinking the same thing. Well, they're just the Cleveland Browns. They're not going to win no game. But the Cleveland Browns, unlike the Pittsburgh Steelers, they were trending up going into the playoffs. And we all saw the results. I expected the Browns to win that game easily. But that is, I didn't expect them to do it in the manner that they did it. After the first quarter, it was 28-0. I ended up posting memes. Any of you who've played Madden before, you know. <laughs> if you're dominating an opponent, you, you will see that, that great connection on the screen that says, hey, your pair has disconnected from the game. And that's what really happened in the first quarter to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They couldn't recover. And now they're at home watching like the rest of us. Oh, but Ben Roethlisberger had 500 yards. How did they lose this game? Man, it was empty calories. They were down the entire game practically. He had to throw the ball. They couldn't run the ball anymore. And it's not like they were going to run the ball anyway. He's the second player in NFL history to throw 500 plus yards in a playoff game and lose. The other one was Tom Brady in a Super Bowl against the Eagles. So what do we have to say about that? What do the Steelers have to work with coming up the next season? They have a lot of free agents. They're over the cap. There's a lot of questions need to be answered. But enough about the Pittsburgh Steelers. I want to give my props to the Cleveland Browns. For 18 years, they haven't won a playoff game. They made it through. They silenced the doubters like me. They went into Pittsburgh home. Ben Roethlisberger had a 28-2 record against the Cleveland Browns. So it was obviously assumed that he was going to dominate them. But Baker Mayfield and those boys had a different story. And it's even more impressive when you think about how they even, how they even got there, the Cleveland Browns. They practically didn't practice for two weeks. Their coach was literally in his basement because of the COVID protocols. And they still end up dominating the Steelers. They look like the team that was prepared. They look like the team that was experienced. So kudos to Baker Mayfield and kudos to the Cleveland Browns. And like I said, the Pittsburgh Steelers literally proved why this podcast exists. Because you just don't wake up in the morning, look at a box score, and can tell what really happened. I had to really explain to you the context of what went on. So again, kudos to Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. Now, let's just switch gears a little to the upcoming divisional weekend. And to me, that's my favorite weekend, honestly, of, of the NFL playoffs. Because you get these matchups that during the season you would think you wouldn't see. But then again, there are some of them that come up that you say, man, I have to circle that game. And whatever I got to do, I got I to gotta schedule around that because that's the game I cannot miss. And it happens to be that this weekend, we have four of those games. We have... 43-year-old Tom Brady against 40-year-old Drew Brees. We have the number one offense in the Green Bay Packers versus the number one defense in the Los Angeles Rams. Then we have Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson. Then we have an elite passing game in the Kansas City Chiefs and an elite run game in the Cleveland Browns. So you might wonder, 
What game am I trying to circle here? Of course, as a Packer fans, you all know, I'm going to do everything possible to be sitting in front of my TV at 4.35 on Saturday evening after sunset. I mean to be watching Aaron Rodgers go up against that number one defense. But to be fair and to be neutral, anytime Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams has gone up against a number one defense or a defense that is ranked top three in the playoffs and in the regular season, their record is one and five. So that's a cause for concern, right? You would think myself as a fan would be concerned about that. I'll be honest, I was slightly concerned. But then when I dove deeper into the numbers, I saw something, a little caveat that was really interesting. Aaron Rodgers never had an offense this good playing against those number one defenses. And his defenses was never ranked as high as it is this year when he played those number one defenses in the past. And the game is at Lambeau Field. The last time the Packers played a divisional game, being a number one seed at Lambeau, was 2011. They end up losing against Eli Manning and the Giants, who end up winning the Super Bowl that season. But y'all wonder, what the point am I trying to make with this? The Packers offense is historically great this season. Devontae Adams is in a class that only two other men have been in in NFL history. 18,000 yards, I'm sorry, 18 touchdowns, 1,400 yards, 100 receptions. Devontae Adams is in a class with Randy Moss and Chris Carter. And Aaron Rodgers, he's in a class by himself. He's the only quarterback in NFL history to have multiple 45 touchdown seasons and less than five interceptions. He's the only one to throw 45 touchdowns and five interceptions. He had his highest completion percentage, his highest quarterback rating, his highest QBR, his highest attempts per yards per pass in the NFL this season. So the question is, can the Los Angeles Rams stop Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. So, but we'll see though, because we still got to play the games. I didn't think the Browns initially were going to be the Steelers, but then I caught myself and it happened. But eventually, I think the Packers will end up winning this game easily because Jared Goff is not healthy. Aaron Donald is not healthy. There's a few other players that are key for the Rams that are going to miss some time. So, Packers, I think, are going to easily win this game. I think it's going to be 28-17. Easily at Lambeau, we move on to the NFC Championship. Then we move on to Tom Brady and Drew Brees. What is there to say about that matchup? They played two previous times in a regular season with the Saints dominating both games. But here's the caveat. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not the same team that they were eight weeks ago or 13 weeks ago. They are on fire. Antonio Brown has caught a touchdown in the last five games. So, how good is the Saints defense? What are they going to do in the Dome? Teams that have played each other three times in a regular season and a team that has won the first two meetings 
the third time, they end up winning 78% of the time. So advantage, New Orleans Saints. But I would not bet against Tom Brady and that offense. If we think about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, there's not much to say here. It's just the excitement of the youth, the, the, next, the next wave of great quarterbacks in the NFL. Lamar Jackson had an amazing game. He had a second best rushing game by quarterback in NFL history behind Colin Kaepernick against the Tennessee Titans last week. Lamar Jackson's on a rise. Their defense found their groove once again. But the Baltimore Ravens are no team to take lightly. And I'm sure the Buffalo Bills are thinking the same. What is their offensive coordinator going to devise up for Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen? That is the task for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm excited to see that game. And finally, <laughs> we're going to see the elite passing game of the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cleveland Browns. And why is this an intriguing matchup? Why is it a very intriguing matchup to me? And here's, here's how I see it. Over the past 10 seasons, over the past 10 seasons in the playoffs, teams who have dominated time of possession with the run, <laughs> they have a record of 27 and 9. 27 and 9. The Cleveland Browns have an elite running game. They have the exact formula to keep that Kansas City Chiefs offense off the field. They can run the ball and the Chiefs can't stop the run. So what is it going to be? Time of possession versus the score? But this is the key for the Cleveland Browns. If you're going to hold on to the ball, you better score touchdowns. Because the Chiefs don't kick field goals, bruh. They're going to get the ball on the uprights. They're going to get the ball in the end zone. So are you going to score enough touchdowns to win the game? Even though I think they're going to dominate the ball, I don't think the Cleveland Browns have enough offense to keep up with the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the playoff. Patrick Mahomes has not scored less than 24 points in any playoff game he's played. Just think about that. That's the minimum you're going to need, Cleveland. Are you up for the task? And we're going to find out. We're going to find out this upcoming Sunday. Keep it in context, Billy. Tell the whole story. In this week's edition of Keeping It in Context, usually we talk about a statistic and one that was misunderstood during the week, and we try to break it down and keep it into context for those who didn't grasp it. But this week, I want to focus on a person that's misunderstood. He happens to be Kyrie Irving. If you happen to be living under a rock, he didn't realize what was happening. Kyrie Irving has disappeared for quote-unquote personal reasons. None of us know what's going on. None of us know what's going through his head. He hasn't showed up for practice. He hasn't showed up for games. There are reports circulating, legitimate reports from legitimate journalists saying that the Nets' patience is growing thin with Kyrie Irving. They said they're going to give him a chance to explain himself when, whenever it is that he gets back. But there was a video circulating around the web. I spent a lot of time on Twitter. You guys know this. That Kyrie Irving was seen at a party of his sister's 30th birthday. Now. Isn't that going to make you look bad if you haven't showed up for practice, you haven't showed up for games, you look healthy, but for quote-unquote personal reasons, 
you're gone and we happen to see you at a party. I've been one of those people who advocated for Kyrie Irving because he's a great man off the field. He does things for the community. He does things for his people. He's always speaking out. Maybe not the correct things all the time. He's just a misunderstood guy. But this time, I can't defend Kyrie anymore. Kyrie, what are you thinking? You know how bad you're making yourself look? You know how bad you're making the Nets look? If you keep it on the basketball court, the Nets are on the bottom half of defense right now. They're scoring a bunch of points, but they can't defend anybody. And Kyrie Irving not being there is not helping the cause. Kyrie Irving has been knocked for his defense, but over the years, he's, be, he's become a better defender. Now you have Kevin Durant there. Somebody who has been a two-time finals MVP, a four-time scoring champ. Somebody who can put the ball in the basket at every area. Somebody who can defend, who has the potential to be a defensive player of the year if he put his mind to it. Both of you went to a new franchise. Both of you wanted a new start. Both of you wanted, especially you, Kyrie. You wanted your own team. You wanted to lead it to a championship. And this is what you're doing? Not showing up to practice? Not showing up for team meetings? Going away for personal reasons? If you want to be a leader, that's not the way to show leadership. And if you want to put all of this in context, what I'm trying to say here to you, the listeners, and especially Kyrie Irving, if he ever listens to this, The world does not revolve around you all the time. Matter of fact, the world does not revolve around any of us as individuals. The world revolves around everyone. We need to work together for the Nets to win a championship. Kevin Durant is averaging 36 and 5. He's shooting 50, 90. He's shooting actually 50, 90, 45. He's the only player with Steph Curry. With Chris Middleton and a few other players in NBA history, I can't remember their names right now, who shot that great. You're wasting away another primary of Kevin Durant, and especially coming off an Achilles injury. The quest, those questions have been answered. Kevin Durant is back in form. And you're wasting it away early in the season in this COVID hit environment to go to a birthday party? I don't care if it's your sister's birthday party. You have a responsibility to your team. You have a responsibility to the rest of us. They're paying you millions of dollars to be in a basketball court, but we find you at a party for personal reasons. Come on, Kyrie. What are you doing? There are people rooting for you, but this is not the way to go about it. So hopefully, I think Kyrie Irving will get to his senses. I hope he will come to understand what is going on. But at the end of the day, the type of character that I have, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and I'll see what type of explanation he'll give. But from the outside looking in, Kyrie Irving, man, you got to bring everything back in context and let us know what the heck is going on. Ah, we've come to the end of another episode. That was episode number 98 of the Statman Sports Podcast, guys. We are two episodes away from episode 100. And I cannot wait for us to celebrate together. You guys are the reason why I'm here. Aside from the fact that I love talking about sports and statistics. But man, it's been an amazing journey. And I cannot wait to get to episode 100, God's willing. But before I let you guys go, 
guys you really know what the deal is if you're here for the first time if you have not hit that subscribe button that would be great but there's another thing i got i want you guys to do too go ahead and leave me a review of what you think about this episode but also the podcast overall because one of the things i would like to do is try to make this podcast much better i try to make it appealing to you guys i want to do something where you guys will be more attracted and be more involved in the process of the podcast i mean it's a lot of work um, it's a lot of things that we have to do on a weekly basis to produce these 20 30 40 minute podcasts we enjoy doing it but at the same time i'm the type of person that want you guys more involved in the process of the podcast and we really appreciate it so leave that review leave your comments on social media on facebook instagram twitter you know where to find us Statman sports podcast and on twitter duffy's boy man i cannot wait to get the episode 999 but for right now Statman signing out baby thanks for listening to the Statman sports podcast see you next time